All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. And this is Gene once again with you. And we're so glad that you're here. And we're also glad that Jason is here, who is playing the air piano as we speak. <laughs> what are you playing, Jason? Beethoven? Uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant, Billy Joel. Oh, that's a little off from Beethoven. Okay. Who, who is your favorite uh, classical composer, Jason? Ooh, why well, you got to put me on the spot, Gene? Uh, <laughs> so difficult. There's so many. Uh, probably, probably either Tchaikovsky or Wagner. I don't. I'm not familiar with Wagner. I'm sure I'd recognize his stuff. Yes, you are. You know, you know, um, uh, Flight of the Valkyrie, right? Or the the Valkyrie. Bum, 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 oh yeah. Bum. You know. Well, I grew up on Looney Tunes like you did, and so they always introduced yep. uh, classical music, <laughs> yep, which I never realized as a kid, you know, mm -hmm. watching uh, Bugs Bunny say, Figaro, 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 and I had yes. no idea what it was at the time, and then later on, oh, that's actually from a real thing. <laughs> real opera, yes. Figaro, ah. <laughs> Hey, Figaro, that was, I used to just laugh in my bedroom or the uh, living room floor <laughs> watching those do the little opera things on the Looney Tunes. Oh cartoons. yeah. Oh man. Um, how's it? What's up, Jason? Oh well, yeah. By the man. way, I'm the host Gene. This is Jason. He's here with us. And um, I meant to tell you something. I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is life right here, folks. All right. <laughs> we are live as we record. Yep. 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 <laughs> Isn't everything just, live as it's recorded? Yes. It's just Gene and I, you know, catching up. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, nothing really much uh, new, really. Um, yeah. You still seeing your lady friend a little? I am. Yeah, this is not, the, I know this is not, you know, romantic talk here, but I'm uh, just curious. Delilah. Oh, sorry. You wouldn't saw, <laughs> um, you saw, you saw the fireworks. Yes. At uh, on the uh, Independence Day. I did an Independence Day special for those listening that have not listened to it. I did a little special about Independence Day. It wasn't very long, nice. but I did a little one. Um I saw fireworks two nights in a row. So what um locales? Uh Duluth for the third, because theirs is just the best in the city, period, honestly. Um with about, you know, seven million of my friends, apparently, because that place was packed. Um, and then Snellville on 4th of July. Snellville. Oh, yep. what, um, were those good? Snellville ones? Yeah. They're okay. I mean, nothing really beats Duluth, honestly. The, as far yeah, as they are really good. Length uh, yeah. and intensity. Mm -hmm. The, um, the Mall of Georgia's, they were really good. I saw them a few times, but... Mm -hmm. My advice, if you live in Atlanta, don't go to the Mall of Georgia ones unless you want to be, unless you park somewhere that you can get out of there. Because the last time I did it, I was stuck in a car for an hour and 15 minutes after everybody decided to leave, you know, with <laughs> people trying to get out of that parking lot. And we ended up sitting in the car and it was like five guys in a little car. And we ended up doing dumb and dumber quotes for about 40 minutes of that time. <laughs> Shows you how desperate we were to not get uh, dri driven crazy from it. Uh, seems like I should have been in that car. I don't even know if I was. Um, <laughs> I don't recall you being there. Um, yeah. Or, or a couple of mutual friends, a guy named Rob Bigger was there. Oh, and, Rob, uh, yeah. Rain, Randy Rainwater was there. Mm -hmm. Love that guy's name. Yep. I think he's an, and I'm pretty sure he has Native American ancestry from Kentucky area. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just always let the thought rain, rainwater. What can't get much better, cooler name than that. Mm -hmm. Although I did see a, a cool name called Knife Fong a while back that I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> it's like a nice kung fu kind of name that you'd see in a movie. Wow. Um, oh, I remember what it was. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I, I was listening to a uh, another podcast, and this is just a local podcast from a church. And, uh, and I was thinking to myself, before I get to my point, if you did a podcast via church, like I, there are some that are out there, 
mm-hmm. and you aren't you kind of limited in a way like you know you do an impo- you're doing a podcast and you're a pastor and your co-pastor or whatever is on that podcast you're kind of limited i mean it seems like you're a little bit i mean i guess you could talk about non-church stuff but aren't you kind of uh, somewhat obligated to maybe talk about hey we got to talk about theology stuff or stuff that uh yeah, yeah dealing with the church itself deals, yeah yeah or the christian life itself which i mean you know that's we, probably why we, that's probably why you started that podcast if you're at the church i'm just saying you know it's yeah. kind of it's kind of naturally yeah. pigeonholed yeah yeah I, mean, I there's tons of t- i mean subjects to talk about they've done two seasons on the one that i watched um or listened to but i, I just think thought about that it's kind of like if you have the podcast that I was referring to before the draftsman, which I love that podcast. And I, as an artist, I just like hearing what they have to say. Right. But in a way it kind of would be weird for the draftsman to come on there. Let's talk about drag racing this week. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not whereas, as open a format as you have. Yes. Yeah. Whereas we're, you know, Hey, we will talk about vaudeville dancing one week and the next week we'll talk about the uh, ice skating. <laughs> if we wanted to. Yeah. Not if we wanted to. And and the three people that listen, they will decide then and there if they want to hear it or not. <laughs> it is something that I appreciate about uh, for instance, Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. That now he he is pretty specific in that it's just always long form interviews, one person it's- after another. He one one person after another, one person after another. And I did hear him say a while back that he um he started it with another guy. Uh, yeah. so it wasn't that format but that's all it is now he never it's not like he just has a co-host i guess and they just shoot the i mean he always shoots the breeze with his guest but it's always just sometimes i'm kind of like you know at some point you're going to run out of a guest aren't you <laughs> <laughs> at some point you're going to be you know episode six thousand, and you you know you've got your local garbage man that comes by every day <laughs> Which I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to run out of gas. Yeah. No, probably not. I don't know. I just think the weird things like that. Yeah. My thought though, is that the guy was talking about life hacks and yep. I didn't mean to hack, as I said, the word hack, but, um, he was talking about different life hacks uh-huh. and I don't even remember what his life hack was. I think it was maybe how to sh- tie your shoe really fast, but the one that I came up with is one that I thought of a long time ago. And Basically, we all have trouble cleaning our bathtub, right? Just getting the mildew off or on the walls or on the tub itself. Soap scum, yeah. Yeah, soap scum. SOS pad. A while back, I got an SOS pad out of the, you know, the kitchen sink and it scrubs that stuff completely off. I mean, it was like go it was like knife going through butter. So if you have that. You know, you might want to just give it a try to see if you like it. I did it, and I will say that um, if you have if you have a um, tub that's not, I guess, porcelain or shower, like the one of the plastic ones, you'll want to be more careful because you don't want to, uh, you know, scratch scratch it up or whatever, make it take all the sheen out of it. But otherwise, it can really do a great job of just scraping right. the, the mildew down. So there you go. There's my. My podcast hack. Help for helpful tips for the household from Gene. Yes. All kinds, all kinds of ideas. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Shall we get to the? Did you buy anything or do anything cool this week that you? Uh, uh, well, I had a. Let's see. Oh, I changed my oil at our mutual friend's uh, shop behind his house. Um, you still use Amsoil, right? Uh, no, this is the first time I've used Dan's oil on this car. You did use Amsoil. Okay. So you yeah. started using. Um yeah, I bought it from a good friend of mine. Um and uh we were filling it up. It's supposed to be 10.3 quarts, right? I put mm-hmm. eleven in there and it still was barely showing on the stick. <laughs> and then we were like, it's not leaking out anywhere. I don't know where it's going. Huh. Um so sometimes I'm beginning to wonder about these capacities on things because if you know just for the people listening i have a 2011 audi s6 v10 um so so 11 quarts you said takes well it's supposed to take 10.3 or 10.6 either way we get you get done with 10 you go okay i'm going to start kind of you know 
piecemealing it in there a little bit, check the stick, piecemeal it in there, check the stick. So we ran the car for a little bit, checked it again. It's like, okay. And my argument, my thoughts were it's so clean, the oil, that we may not have seen exactly on that dipstick that it was adequate. So, um, but I do have an oil leak that I found out is from the valve covers, which they are going to warranty work on. And the other issue though is the valve adjusters O-rings are bad, which is not something they fixed before. So mm -hmm. uh, now here's, here's a question for all those listening. Uh, <laughs> they say they don't have to take off the valve covers to change the valve adjuster O-rings, which gets them out of having to do it under the warranty work that they're already going to be doing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you're going to have the valve covers off anyway, you might as well do it while they're in there. Mm -hmm. So they say they don't, I haven't researched it yet, but it sounded like a dodging of free work to me. You know, I was going to pay for the parts, but the parts are only 12 bucks. Um, mm -hmm. But to me, if they've already got the valve covers off, off under warranty, which they're doing, then to me, if that's where the valve adjusters are, it should, there should be no labor because the labor is already warrantied under the other work. Hmm. So they gave me a, they gave me a quote of $630 to install $12 parts. Um, so, you know, Scott was like, that's our mutual friend. Uh, he uh, said, yeah, he's like, I would attempt it with you if you had another car to drive, which I don't. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like we've never done it before, so you want to have a backup. Um, anyway, so anyway, that was that was my my little adventure. So I went to I went to the shop, which I'm not going to mention on here because they haven't truly pissed me off yet. Otherwise, I would mention them on here um, because they're going to honor a warranty of sorts. So I sat there Thursday because I was off Thursday and Friday, and so I said I went over there in the morning and sat there while they looked at my car. And he showed me where it was leaking. The guy said, well, it, you know, it, it would look to the untrained eye like a rear main seal, which I was like, oh, you know. Um, but he said, it's not. It's the valve seeds. It's the valve adjuster seeds. And they're coming down. There, there's a channel and it comes down right here. I'm like, oh, wow. That was helpful. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. But, I had a rear main seal change. That was a $900 job. That was yeah. fun. That's what I was expecting him to say. Like, well, it's the rear main. So. Which is incredible that, I mean, it just shows how much labor it is because I think the seal itself was maybe a $35 part. Yeah. It's just a little round. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See like an O-ring, um, but it's just getting to it. Um, yeah. Anything that says main, you know, is going to be expensive. Um, but yeah, so that's the only, that's the only uh, slight adventure I had mm -hmm. um, this past week, but I um oh, I do have a little bit of housekeeping for those that might be listening, all three of you. Um, I <laughs> I've been kind of being mishmash with my loading of the podcast, so some people out there that actually might try to listen um, consistently may wonder when does he load these things because sometimes I'll drop two at a time or one at a time. I don't know if I'll ever come up with a a grand scheme, but my attempt is to try to start loading a new one every Sunday or and or Wednesday. So. Hmm try to make sure I have one on Monday. So if you are listening, I'm going to try to get it to where you could tune in on a Sunday or Wednesday and see if, uh, see if there's a new episode um, down or downloadable or uploaded where you uh, uploaded and downloaded, whatever you say, it. Um, that's where it'll be. I'll so be that, uploaded. Yes. That's my plan because, you know, it seems like I get some recorded and then it's just, I don't get around to actually getting it uploaded until, literally hours before I do the next um, one to upload. So, and, and not only that kids, but at some point, Jason and I might do a live stream. Um, we haven't decided how we're going to do this. We do have a YouTube channel, Jason. Um, oh. And I that do is. not, well, you know, it's not a big enough YouTube channel where I can just say, go to YouTube, talk with it now. You'll have to do a search, I guess, for Talk of the Now podcast. Because um, I don't, I may have to put the link on the um, podcast somewhere at some point, but we might be able to do a live stream through that, or we'll just do a live stream for our friends 
in our Facebook community and just say, Hey, we're doing, or something like that. So we can actually do a live stream. So if anybody actually wanted to, to check in and watch us a little bit and we could say, Hey, to the two or three people <laughs> that, are, that are tuning in, Moving on up. you know, I haven't shared it with my Facebook friends yet or um, any family that much, a few people I've just shared it with a few people because <laughs> doing I'm your part, of, Gene. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, let's do it organic then, you know, and not to mention, you know, no, you don't know. Cause I haven't told you not to mention because you get to a certain point and I don't know, maybe I, I do 50 of these and decide to hang it up, <laughs> but I don't know. That, that's just a few housekeeping things that I've thought about. Good talk. And I do have a, <laughs> I do have a Gmail. I haven't decided if I want to give the Gmail address out yet, just because, you know, you get trolls and spam these days. I don't know if I want to, but we'll see. It would be kind of nice at some point to be able to get, maybe I'll mention it at the end of an episode one day. Mm-hmm. Just to see who the uh, who the real um, troopers are, and then just to get if people had questions or if they had suggestions about a topic they wanted to hear us talk about, right. something of that nature. So, interesting. Speaking of topics, we don't uh, we haven't really gotten to one. I mean, I've got a few things to talk <laughs> about, and uh, if we decide to get to it, Jason, I guess we can. I mean, I'm I like uh, shooting the breeze myself from time to time. <sighs> yeah, you know, you got to do that every now and then. Catch up. Yeah. Today was my. People, go ahead. A lot of people don't know this is Gene and I catching up every week too. <laughs> uh, it's because we don't actually see each other as much anymore. So mm. even though yeah, because we live so far away from each other, you know, it's probably about twelve minutes. Hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of yards. Um, I uh, today is my wife's birthday. Yes, it is. Happy and birthday, Lauren. She turned twenty-two. Just kidding. Um, mm. maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. You don't know, people. Anyway, she um. I, I feel like I've arrived because, you know, she uh, told me she wanted. What's that? You know, some of these some of these guys out there, they have women wives that, you know, give me give me a necklace, give me a diamond. Mm-hmm. What, what do you want, honey? What would you love to have? Oh, a nice, you know, scarf, these this Gucci whatever bag. Right. My wife wanted a mop. And I got her a mop. Wow. OK. Well, hey, useful gift. Yep, she's off the market, people. <laughs> <laughs> I got her one of those mops. If you've seen them on TV, the kind that has the spinny thing has the oh, little. Uh, those are pretty cool. Man. Yeah, I've never used one or seen one. A little bucket that spins. Yeah. Yeah, it's got yep. the little. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. Pedal. It's got a little pedal yep. on it, like a. And I bet if you rig that thing up, you could turn it into an instrument. But mm, I was just thinking good. that earlier when I was trying to, <laughs> you know, demo it, if you will. And I was like, this is kind of cool. So well, it makes sense, you know, with, with the flooring you have in your house, you know, it's, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. but there's more. Um, oh. <laughs> she also wanted a, uh, another extravagant item that, um, that most women dearly want is mm. a griddle. <laughs> oh, it was a, I guess you would call it a griddle It's made by the lodge. Oh company. yeah. 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 And yeah. it's one of those long, um, kind of like cast iron things, and you can yeah. put it on there and make pancakes or burgers, dogs, whatever you want to, right on the stovetop. Helpful, yeah, helpful when you're, you know, you're limited on space or counter space and everything else. Yeah. So anyway, she was really happy to get it. I'm just glad that uh, that <laughs> she liked that. She's not very, she's not very into extravagant taste, which um, you know, she is. Uh, I, I, for. for those not, you know, I, I've, I, I know this this person. Um, uh, part of the same group that we're all in um she is probably the most low maintenance <laughs> woman in the world uh which is not a, it's it's a good like in a good way you know that's a yeah that's a uh that's a definitely a, a cool character trait of of your wife mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how <clears throat> excuse me some um we just say i've heard of people that have especially in the millennial generation where you have the influencer wife that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess you got to keep up with buying <laughs> new jewelry and new, new outfits yeah. and everything and new hairstyles and all that kind of stuff for them to, to post, <laughs> which, which, you know, I get it. Some people are like that, you know, some of them aren't always as extravagant. Um, but yeah, you're right. It tends to be, and it's not always the younger generation either. There's some in our mighty gen X generation, well, you know, I, the, per- I, the perfect I, generation that is us. 
Um, I thought we were. I thought we were the I don't care generations. Uh, we're we're. I don't the, care. We're the we're the work hard, play hard generation. I don't care. What are you going to do about that? I don't care. Take it. <laughs> we're the teen angst. Don't you want to go to the party? Not really. Uh, I don't I care. I knew quite a few people like that. Whatever you know. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a. Uh, that's definitely. Well, it's a useful thing too. It's it's nice when people actually ask for useful gifts, you know. Yeah, I mean, you get a spoiler every now and then, but this is it's spoiling because she still wanted it. You know, I mean, she wanted it. It's a useful gift, so I don't consider that spoiling. I guess when you right. give them something, you know, it's like you know, you you'll buy jewelry every now and then, but not that's not a useful. Right. We'll just say that. Well, I not to um... try to offend any of the two or three women listening. Um, <laughs> No, there's nothing wrong with that taste. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with that taste. It could get expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're, if you're a uh, spender wife and you marry a, a very frugal or cheap husband, you know, mm. you're, you're going to have some, there's going to be some friction there. I would imagine. Oh yeah. I mean, can you imagine Clark Howard's wife? I mean, that doesn't matter how frugal she is. <laughs> I mean, she's at the, she's, she's reached the zenith of what frugal is pretty much. I would think. Yeah, or cheap for that matter. Well, and this is one of those things. This is why this is why we date in our culture, so you can figure these things out about people. Now, yes, you don't know everything. I'm a, you know, not that I've been married, but I've been in some long relationships which seemed like miserable marriages. But you you tend to find these things out, or at least you should, once the honeymoon phase is over in, in your dating life, mm-hmm. what the person really is like when they're not putting on all the masks and that we all do. Um, even the most straight laced of us don't, you know, tend to, you know, we put our best foot forward, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, but yeah, you find out the main and maintenance is not always money. High maintenance is also going to be emotional high maintenance, which I've dealt with. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, for anybody dealing with uh, relationship problems, you can call this number now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Dr. Phil. I'm here to answer your questions. Yeah. That's my Dr. <laughs> Phil imitation. <laughs> I, he had a great interview with Joe Rogan, by the way, that I would recommend. And I did mm. not know this about him, but he was actually into um, interrogation mm-hmm. for a while. And he gave some great pointers on how to tell if someone's lying. Um, that it was just good. It was like an 11-minute segment you can find on YouTube. Okay. Just on that, can you imagine – you're accused of a crime. You sit down and Dr. Phil walks in. <laughs> I, I, okay, we're going to talk about it. You're going to talk about what I want you to talk about. I'm like, back in Texas, my daddy said, if you got a bull. <laughs> yeah, like, like, am I supposed to laugh? I don't think I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> yeah. He was, but anyway. Yeah. He was surprisingly, um, it seemed very knowledgeable and very uh, down to earth in that interview. Cause you're just used to sort of the couch and the way that he talks to people mm-hmm. on a show. He has a podcast as well that I've been meaning to get around <laughs> to listen to some of it. Apparently has some interesting people on there sometimes. Uh, well, one of the things that I do remember him saying that was a great um, thing to remember. He said that a liar will, somebody that's not lying to you mm-hmm. will go to, they will, um, if they are, if somebody is not guilty, they mm-hmm. will, I forget how he said it, but basically they, they, they will not give up on their innocence. They will be right. adamant from the get-go of their innocence. Whereas somebody that does lie is they will make excuses. They will um, deflect. It's usually kind of, oh, a, yeah. um, you know, it, it would be sort of like, um, you know, I, th- I think he used like a cash box thing. And he said something like somebody, did you take the cash? And he was like, they would usually say something like they'll go through the resume, for instance, like, did you take the cash box? And they said the person would be like, I've been a loyal employee for 20 years, you know, so, something like that. You know, whereas yes, yes. <laughs> if they didn't take the cash, box, I'd be like, of course I didn't take, you know, they, basically they will be irate. I think is what he said. Right. You can tell. If, so it was it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about a topic? All right. I, d- I did have one. I mean, okay. You know, Come on. We can chat about. 
Chat, give it away. Well, I lost it. Where was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, okay. Here's one thing. We could probably do this one for the next one, so you can go home and think about it. <laughs> you are home, so you can think about it while you're there after we're done. Um, this one, we're not going to do it tonight because it's going. this is probably going to be at least an hour long one to go mm. through. And it will be favorite college memories. So only an hour, really? Well, we can. I mean, we can. This could be a series coming back yeah. to every now and then. But it'd be like come up with about your favorite three to five just standout college memories of when you were yep. in college. Mm-hmm. I think that could okay. be a fun one. <clears throat> uh, all right, the topic that I had um, underlined earlier, which kind of does with the current. You know, I want this to be so. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about current events every now and then. I should anyways, oh boy. I mean, oh boy. somebody might want to turn into tune in to hear. I mean, it's turn events right now. Golly. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of volatile. It was kind of fun in 2005, but nowadays it's kind of like who what house was, you know, torched on fire or whatever, you know. I mean, mm. but this one is a uh celebrity slash um Hollywood type thing. Oh boy. So and I know this is close to your heart. <laughs> Um, Indiana Jones mm-hmm. coming. They are making a new one, are they not? Ay, ay, ay. Talk to me. What do you know about it? Do you know anything about it? I try not to know anything about this. Um, uh, well, you know, they tried to reboot it a little bit with that last movie, um, which we all try to forget. They call King- the skull kingdom of the crystal skull, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with crystal skulls, which is a, a, a phenomenon, a real phenomenon that people don't understand where they come from, that kind of thing. Um, I've listened to many, many a coast to coast AM about you know people when they start talking about crystal skulls and being in their presence and what it does to them. Uh, really? In a, yeah, uh, I know real, very little about this. I had seen if you research in, research you know, about it, research mm-hmm. about it, it's interesting. Um, and particularly go to coast coast am.com and there's, they have it by subject matter and you can listen to some guys talk about it. It's really good. Um, the host George Nori, the current one, or the, the longtime host art bell um, would have people on there. And there's some really knowledgeable. It's interesting. Whether I agree with it or not, it's, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just interesting, you know, but so to make a whole movie of Indiana Jones, I was like, Oh, okay. They're really stretching. And then trying to add in Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I thought the storyline was too, well, I don't want to use the word dumb, but it was like, they should have made it a bit more vague as far as, you it know was what I forced. mean? It was really forced. Yeah. yeah good word. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, so after that, I'm kind of like, I mean, Harrison Ford's obviously, you know, more aged than he once was. Although, you know, in fairly good condition for his age, he could, he could do the role but it would have to be a it would have to be a we're, we're casting this off onto somebody else like the actual archaeology you know we'll call it active archaeology part um laugh it up fuzzball yeah um but you know are they going to bring shia labeouf back in because it would be kind of weird if they didn't at this point you know i think the guy's a good actor do I think they, he's a good actor. Hi, I mean, do they hire him? Is he even marketable? Do they hire him anymore in Hollywood? Well, I mean, but if they're going to go with continuity, well, they could just replace yeah. him with somebody else, right? I mean, character-wise, well, they, they they would have to. It would have to be a different character. It couldn't be his son, um, because then we'd all know, like when they switched Darren's on Bewitched, or you know, one of those things. I, I'm just saying that um, I, I could see them doing that. Just saying, you know. Yeah, but I did. But then we're all we'd all be like, okay, but we can obviously tell he's a different person, you know. <laughs> no, so it's like you know, whether Chris Hemsworth walks out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it basically made curious. Hello, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's like, what? Um, <laughs> or no, what's they, the guy they, that was in Magic Mike? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, name. what's his name? Meathead, dude. Um, they make him the, the shot of the bus replacement. I don't <laughs> know why I recall him being in Magic Mike, I did not see that movie, I did, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just oh gene the trailer like uh, sticks out in my head because there was i would some... have said she's the man or one of those movies that he was in or the the dancing ones not the magic mike ones but the whatever they're called we're, we're lucky, bad lucky logan 
Yes, that was a great movie. Yeah, he was in that. That was probably much better movie for him. That was a good movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, there was talk for a while about Chris Pratt doing it, um, which I, you know, I'm I'm okay with him doing an Indiana Jones, but he couldn't be Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. So well, he could be an older version of the Shia LaBeouf character. Doesn't really look like Shia LaBeouf though, and Shia LaBeouf was already older. Um, you know what I mean? So unless Shia is going to do it, I don't, I'm just trying to make it a stretch. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying they're going to have to throw out the sun idea. Like that whole storyline is going to have to go away. Um, unless they get Shia LaBeouf. Excuse me. Um, Yeah. You know, I guess Chris Pratt could do it. Um, you know, it, I'm just trying to think of like physical actors nowadays that, that aren't really typecast. Yes. Chris Pratt is, typecast as a comedian comedic type character but he's also done a lot of you know action movies that had some comedy elements but were more that way kind of like um what's his name that's been that directed the um quiet place krasinski john krasinski from the office Mm -hmm. um brilliant brilliant actor i love it i like his stuff but he's more his stuff that he's acted in is in movies wise has been action you know I, i think of 13 hours the soldiers of Benghazi, you know, yeah. well, that was awesome. You know, I was like, wow. I think um, the safe choice for them probably would be honestly, Chris Pines, Chris Pine or Pine, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they'd already tried to make him into Jack Ryan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know where Chris Pine's been recently, aside from wonder woman 84. Um, well, yeah, that was his, he was in that one. Yeah. He was in the first one, obviously too, I mean, but he's, he's, kind of become the new american action guy in a lot of ways next yeah, to uh, chris pratt yeah i think he's still a little he did I all think the chris, star trek movies well that was good that, he played a great kirk because he's got that attitude that was kind of like um mm-hmm. him you know and it was i like, could just see some hollywood people sitting him down wanting him to maybe take the role of the next indiana uh, jones character yeah i don't know i'm sure I'm, i would assume they're going to run with it i don't know if it's spielberg's call or not but I mean, it's. I mean, Spielberg has some say in it, obviously, yeah. um, and Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm, um, yeah. as well, um, <clears throat> which yes is under Disney, but it still operates as Lucasfilm. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. It's a. That's just. It's one of those things. It's like we always talk about. There are certain movies that are like sacred to us, and when they start to do too many of them, they lose that. You know. Um, i.e. star wars um you know we had three movies for most of our you know half of our lifetime gene you know and we had to wait 16 years for a new one um which i stood in line two and a half days in college for oh lost your body lost your audio Sorry about that. We will do some star. We'll do. We'll like. Do, well, do. I'm just saying. Like, if we're talking right. about series. We're talking about sure um, franchises. Because I want to um, go into Star Wars, but yeah, I know what you mean. But you know, and when you talk about Harrison Ford and you talk about Indiana Jones, the conversation does sometimes dip into that, right? Um, because it was another Lucasfilm thing. It was a George Lucas thing with uh, Indiana Jones, um, and he brought his friend Steven Spielberg along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know based off Buck, at, not buck rogers it was um what did he kind of base the whole premise off of oh um i don't remember i guess sort of the um, old westerns that he grew up with the spaghetti westerns or something right like yeah it kind of had that air to it um and then with lucas being out of the picture i mean spielberg's in there which is good and kathleen kennedy does a pretty good job of of being a gatekeeper at at lucasfilm as far as ideas and everything goes mm-hmm um, but you know, Disney's a marketing machine, right? And it's, it's hard to tell them now nah, we're not going to do any more of those, right. you know, because they're like, here, we're going to pay you this amount. Oh, it's okay, a cash we're gonna, cow. We're going to do more of these. It is a now, cash Indi- cow. Indiana Jones, I don't think is as much of a cash cow as star Wars, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but they've done some. You know, they've done some interesting stuff with Star Wars, you know, movies. Yeah. And, you know, 
I like them just because they're entertaining. That's what I take them as is entertaining. I'm I, yes, I'm a purist, but when it comes to that, I want to be entertained. I get it. There, nothing is going to beat the original trilogy that we grew up on. Um, it was released during a time when it was so far ahead of its time. I know I'm getting Star Wars, but <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So when it comes to franchises, you know, I think obviously Raiders of the Lost Ark still to me the best one of, of Indiana Jones, period. Um, Temple of Doom was great, obviously darker for a reason. I mean, the name is Temple of Doom. Um, and Last Crusade I liked. It was entertaining, you know. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked them kind of – I liked the, the second and third one kind of equally. Um, you know, because Last Crusade came out in, what, 89? So it was a later one. Um, so it, it kind of had to bridge the gap between the 80s and 90s movies feel to it. Uh, I, much, much in the way of like your Hunt for Red October and stuff like that that came mm-hmm. out similar. Well, I was thinking that um, I agree. I, I go back and forth. I'm sort of a tie with, in the, with um, Raiders and um, Last Crusade. Just because yeah. to me, Sean Connery so helped make that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his character was just, he just, you know, God, I don't know if there's much, there's not many better than Sean as far as acting goes, in nope, my opinion. I agree. I agree. But he, just, he just brought a certain cadence to a movie. Yeah, um, Sean, anything Sean Connery's involved in is, is always going to be more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, or as I say, was involved in. I, um, I just wasn't a big fan of Temple of Doom. I tried to watch it again recently and it was um i mean it was all right it's just some of it maybe the darkness of it sometimes just a little bit you know sort of the um they're just a lot of parts and i just found boring for lack of a better word or not what i well liked. the flow was not really good i didn't think that movie flowed as well mm-hmm. as the as the uh two capstone movies um obviously the first one was just like we're all just like wow you know yeah um, it's funny they were trying so hard and the the raiders of the lost ark the the final scene you know, where they actually opened the arc, you know, I guess they were just so bent on trying new stuff for special effects back then. It looks so corny <laughs> now, but. Oh, the melting faces. Yes. Yeah. And just, they, they could have done it, I think a lot better so that it just sort well, of, you get, but it's, gotta, I, I get where they were, they were trying to do a special effects back then. Well, you got to understand too. I mean, industrial light and magic, who is the top of all special effects houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care who's listening. You can debate me on that you want, but they are. They invented most of the stuff everybody else uses um, because they had to invent it while they're on set because they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And so they did a lot of physical effects and you are limited with physical effects. And back then, obviously, early 80s, that's what you had was physical special effects. And so they had to do what they had to do. You know, Rick Baker didn't do the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Baker's another is a great is the best Hollywood makeup artist period um, and you know you think the thriller video of Michael Jackson you think American Werewolf in London Planet of the Apes later on movie I mean anything you can think of with good makeup um, physical makeup stuff you know where you have to show expression you have to show a transformation that's Rick Baker so if Rick Baker had, had put his stamp on it maybe it would have been better but maybe they couldn't afford rick baker believe it or not mm-hmm. we think oh lucas and spielberg and they're thinking well we don't have the budget for that could have been busy so, with other projects too right exactly because i mean that was heyday for for that that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. anyway yeah you, you can look at the limitations and of course we know the biblical stuff in it um you know we could argue that if they did find an ark there would probably be no power because there's no reason to be power on a physical object anymore but that's a theology argument. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't look at it if they did find it, though, or touch it. <laughs> I wouldn't care because I, mm-hmm. I just don't. There's no point. God doesn't put. I don't think they'll find it. But that's just it. God doesn't put. I think it was destroyed. But God doesn't put that much power on a physical object anymore. That's the point. Back then he had to. Or didn't have to, but he chose to. I mean, back then in biblical times, not back then in, you know, the early 80s. Uh, but. um so you don't you don't buy the Ethiopian uh, hiding place there in that temple with that weird guy, Ar- yeah. uh, 
I'd love to see what's on the inside of that temple. I can't believe nobody's raided that thing yet. I'm like, it's just one guy. Yeah. Like, really? Well, but that place has a lot of... Um, I, I, did you see the um, Expedition Unknown episode about that, mm-hmm, by chance? Mm-hmm. You did? Okay. Yeah, it just came across as a, as a country where they're a lot into superstition and a lot into... Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. But why hasn't they... If, if there really was an arc... All right, let's look at it from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, because they would be raiding a Lost Ark. So that's that's what they would be doing. Yeah. Um, if there is that power that exists, how come even the most ardent, you know, terrorist organization, we'll call it whatever, power-seeking country, would have invaded Ethiopia and got that thing out of that temple? I mean, I, I just think it's a little – it's. Yeah, it's more. I think it's symbology. Now he does have some stuff, oddly enough, in just those locked boxes outside that are from that era. And I'm like, dude, those things need to be in a freaking museum. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some some valuable stuff in those locked boxes in the yard outside of the temple. Like, you open it up and it's like, oh, look at these. These are first century items. Like, uh, why is that in the box and not, you know, in a climate yeah. controlled room? But you know, so there's argument that there could be something there. But even like I told you, even if there is something there. You could touch it. Right. You know, you could fit. There's no reason for it to have any power. So that, that part about Indiana Jones, once I got older and realized what that was, I was like, okay, whatever. They could have touched it. You know, like this is kind of ridiculous. Um, because we know in biblical times, obviously, you know, a guy just went to brace it when it was falling off of a cart and he was struck dead. So it's like, well, you know, he was really just trying to help and he was struck dead because right. God was serious. So, you know, they did that. So there was that part of it, you know, is it in, you know, Egypt and, you know, some well of souls, you know, like, no, I think it was destroyed. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the think, other thing about like, for instance, the, um, the last crusade, him going to find the, um, what do you Holy call grail. It? Yeah. The Holy grail. That's sort of a, I wouldn't say that that'd be a silly premise, but it's sort yes. of like, he's just going to find the, <laughs> It's the action and it's the premise. It's, it's the premise of archaeology and trying to find lost things that I think really gets yeah. an audience, not the actual. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, think about, subject, think about if you will. Think about National Treasure. I mean, how great were those movies? Right. Those were awesome. Those came out of nowhere. Like they just said, we're just going to make these movies and excellent movies. Now there I'm, was. I'm cast- wondering when a third is going to happen. Uh, I should. I don't. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what. Uh, um, our good buddy. Nicholas Cage is uh, is uh, up to, and uh, the guy that played Riley don't remember his name. And uh, oh, what's her name? I can't remember her I name. I mean, D- Disney's got the money; they could just direct Disney Plus on it if they wanted to. Yeah, if they wanted to do that kind of crap. Um, Disney's not my favorite people. Um, but so yeah, I don't know. I think I think the premise of going on an adventure to find something. It just is always, it's like an epic. It's the epic that we've always loved to watch. Sure. You know, I think that that's part of, we'd all love that. Like, think about legends that exist. Think about, um, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's his name? D.B. Cooper, a guy that jumped out of the airplane mm-hmm. over Oregon with all that money, robbed an airplane and then parachuted out, in theory. People have been searching for that forever. And that's just yeah. a bag of, of, of cloth you know basically because it's money's cloth it's not paper so it's deteriorated you know over the years so it's just more the it's more the the hunt for something right you know that's why I I get, yeah, go ahead no go ahead yeah. i was just gonna say i want to get back to watching expedition unknown i've watched tons of those shows but oh he's great too he's a great host that guy does a great job with just finding new things to go after and look for um, yeah i haven't yeah. watched it in a long time but i went through about a year and a half period of just watching every episode to see what he was going to do next and he has some great ones on basically yeah, indiana jones type adventures i mean they even kind of dress him that way you know it's like a yeah it's a market but he does a great he's a good host That's Josh a good, he's like, something i forgot his last name yeah i can't remember his name either but he's i love those shows i mean it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what he's talking about i'm interested just because of the way they present it and the way he hosts the show mm-hmm. um i just you know i think that that you could you could come out with a treasure hunting type movie and do well just about any, any time, because it's always going to be something that, that captures uh, the imagination of the, of the viewer of the audience. And I just, 
I, I, we all long for those big summer epics again. You know, we, we miss those days where, you know, in the summertime, there's going to be some really cool, like movie, mostly Jerry Bruckheimer's, but you know, like some big action movie. Right. So you knew it wasn't going to win any awards, but it was going to entertain you and allow you to escape, which is what we want in movies. And there's not much more of an escape than a treasure hunt, you know, a mm-hmm. hunt for the Holy Grail, a hunt for the Lost Ark of the Covenant, a hunt for chilled monkey brains, apparently, in Temple <laughs> of Doom. You know, uh, <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of that to it. And I just think it's always intriguing because it's just like, you know, it's like we said, you know, we'll sit there and watch a show no matter what it's what he's looking for. It's the fact that he's looking. And do we the, know the do we know the yeah. premise of the new um, Indiana Jones? Like I said, I haven't really researched it. Okay. Um, so Me I don't either. really know. I kind of want to just be surprised and hopefully not disappointed, um, because they've yeah. got to know they've got they've got to recover after that last one. Yeah, um, well, they are filming, as far as I know, and that that, that was the reason I brought up um, that in the first place was because yeah. as a current event, I believe Harrison Ford was injured recently. Um, Imagine that. That guy that's why I said that um, they didn't. Uh, that's why I was in the news as a current event. Um, and I forgot, I think he broke an ankle maybe, or, or maybe fri- just, um, I forgot. I don't want to say, cause I forget what exactly what it was. Yeah. It is, it is currently untitled. Um, and I'm seeing if there's a premise right now on Wikipedia, yeah. which it does not appear to be. Oh, that's good. There's no leaks then. That's good. Yeah. Um, it does not seem to show any kind of, um, I, I'll have to read through this article later, but um, so anyway, we'll see. So anyways, um, you're, um, you're going to go with the first one as your favorite. I'm kind of tied with the first and third as my favorite. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, it was kind of it, it. It's more of a tie for me too, but I went with the first one just because of the mystique of it and the fact that it was the first one. It didn't really even set itself up for any more, honestly. Mm-hmm. Aside from the last scene, you know, in the warehouse. Other than that, it was like it stood alone as its own movie. It didn't need a sequel, which is another good thing about those. You know, I don't really think any of them did. I think they all kind of stood alone, which is a rarity in in, yeah. in franchises like that. You know, I, I want to cite you know all the comic book franchises that always seem to want to be like, oh, you got to stay here after the credits. So there's going to be something else. It's like, no, they didn't do that in those movies. They ended yeah. the movie and they resolved it, and it was like, you're not. It's it's the it's not the whole. Hey, we need to still make more money off of this. It's we're going to end this story and it's going to stand alone, which I love. I guess there's a time and place for. You know, standalone movies and people, it's hard for, I think it's probably hard for most people. A, we all know that it's hard for them to write good movies nowadays. Oh, I agree. And B, if you do get a good movie written that brings in a lot of money, it's probably hard to say no to a sequel. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think George Lucas intended to make a sequel to Star Wars. Honestly, originally it was Mm -hmm. just this kind of B sci-fi movie or B fantasy. It's not sci-fi. It's fantasy. B fantasy movie that was came out, you know, and little did he know the amount of, I mean, nobody expected that. Um, so every now and then you'll have movies that kind of define cinematic history. And, and I think Indiana Jones is there with it. I really do. Oh, um, no question. It's intertwined yeah. with the star Wars stuff because it, it was occurring at the same kind of time. I think that Indiana Jones will go down. I'm marking this off my list of uh, things to talk about. I'm kidding. We can always revisit Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that it will go. I mean, it's a a 40 year old movie, I guess, close to it. You know, close to it, yeah. It'll go down, I think, as somewhat kind of like a Spartacus type movie or a, um, you know, one of those other epic movies from the 60s or 50s. Cecil, Cecil B. DeMille movies from back in the day, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think it's one of, I mean, it's going, it's on both of their their repertoires. Even though most people consider it Spielberg, it is Lucas and Spielberg because it was Lucas film that did it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, um, I think that uh, I know it's worth watching. I need to go back and watch them because I, I, if you haven't before, anybody, it's worth watching the the extras on those movies to see the oh, behind yeah. the scenes and how they film those movies. It was really uh, intriguing for that time period. Yeah, first time I watched the extras was on my laser discs. Of, the old laser of, disc. Um, 
But yeah, I, I agree with you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you watch the extras and the behind the scenes and deleted scenes and all that mess. And you're like, okay, whatever. And then every now and then you'll watch something. You're like, whoa, <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. see a delete. You'll see a deleted scene. You're like, well, that actually fills in that gap that I was wondering, like, how'd they get from there to there? Why did he say that? You know? Yeah. Um, and you see what really has to come down to the cutting room floor, you know, to make a, a time frame. Because yes, you know, most, most guys making a movie are going to want to tell their story. And if it takes three and a half, four hours, fine. But nobody wants to sit through a three and a half, four hour movie. Mostly. I mean, it's like, it's why they had yeah. to make the Hobbit into three movies when it was one book. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's another, you know. that's a, another topic for sure. One day. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know what I miss? I miss the intermission in movies. You miss it? I don't think it really was ever around when we were alive. Well, I mean, the is it? Well, I'd be. I've seen them. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, just I miss that they put intermissions in movies. When I've watched some of the epic movies, like um, one of my uh, favorites yeah. is Lawrence of Arabia, and when you get halfway through the movie, it does a. Is it called intermission? I don't know if they mm-hmm. put that on the screen. Um, but you know, it's like ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes, and I think that would work a lot. I think it, nowadays you have a lot of movies that are two and a half to three hours long yeah. and it would work a lot better if halfway through the movie lights came up for 10 minutes or so, and then everybody could go do breaks or whatever and come back and then you finish the movie more of a, kind of and, like a and show. Brilliant, and brilliant from, you know, movie theaters themselves. Cause you're going to go out and buy more concession, <laughs> um, which is, it's fine. I understand it's how they make the money, mm-hmm. but all right. Think about the movie. Um, um, What's his name? James Garner's movie Grand Prix. It had an intermission as well. Uh, um, you know, and it wasn't, I mean, it was long, but it wasn't that long. But it was just how it was the culture of the time. People wanted to get up in the middle and go take a break. Um, and I love the um I'm I'm watching more um Turner Classic stuff and mm-hmm. the older movies. What do they call that intro? Like where they do the inter- introduction music. They don't they put it on the screen, they don't call it introduction, they call it something else. Oh um Oh, film major here can't even tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I've, I've prologue, been, prologue. I think yeah, yeah. Pro, it's cool when you watch that and they just they, you know they're playing like classical music or whatever. And it, to me, that'd be great if they still had that because you know people as they're filing in, finding their seats or whatever. You know, it's sort of like this is sort of it's sort of like we're bringing the curtain up. Here's the intro. You know, it's sort of like yeah. wetting your feet a little bit, setting the mood. Yeah. Yes, um, set, set, setting well, the mood. I will say, I'm going to tell you. We don't normally talk about businesses or companies here, but the company Cinebistro, uh, which has a new one in mm-hmm. uh, Peachtree Corners at the uh, Forum, still it's peri- the best movie theater I've ever been in. Period. They do that, but they don't. They do it with just ethereal music and pictures. On the, it, kind of like sets the calming mood. Now it's not connected to the film, but it it's that idea of you know we're gonna. It's how movie houses will bring the lights kind of down for previews and then all the way off, usually for the the uh, feature. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. It's just kind of a more hurried up version. <laughs> well, I guess the closeout question I'll ask then for Indiana Jones is, mm-hmm. do, will you think you probably go see it when it comes into the theater? Well, yeah, you kind of have to. It's just yeah. it's one of those things where – I can sit there and listen to everybody saying it sucks. I want to find out for myself. That's just me. Um, I, you know, I, I suffered through the last trilogy of Star Wars films that were sort of trying too hard. Bless you, my child. But I kind of liked them. I liked them, the fact that they were trying hard because you got to, even the originals were campy. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. So with this one, it can't be worse than that last one. That's all I got to say. They've got to know they have to recover their dignity from that last debacle. Um, well, you also know it's probably the last hoorah. It's the last hoorah for George, you know. For No, not George. For Harrison Ford. Harrison yeah. Ford, thank you. Yes. Not, not George Harrison. Here. No, not it's George done. Harrison. Um, but, uh, yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I mean, he's done. He can't do another one. There's no way. Um, and... You know, I yeah, it's it's tough because yes, Indiana Jones was part of our childhood. Um, 
in a weird kind of way. It wasn't as strong as Star Wars, but it was a different kind of adventure, you know, along the Goonies line or the, you know, any of the treasures hunting type things that inspire you to go out and find things. Um, Goonies. Go out and, and discuss things for yourself. I mean, we could, we could do multiple shows about 80s movies. We will. 80s iconic movies, you know, whether it be Brat Pack or John Hughes films, for that matter. John Hughes to me, you know, there, there, there are certain things that are encapsulated in a time. Now, Indiana Jones is, but you can also watch it as a classic movie on its own outside of the 80s. Oh, you know definitely. What I mean? Oh, definitely. There's some yeah. movies yeah. that are that are set in the 80s and are very 80s. And then there are some that are just, we know them as movies we watched in the 80s or any decade, but they're not necessarily connected to that decade. It's the same way you could say Saving Private Ryan. Yes, it came out right. in the 90s, but definitely not a 90s movie. Well, um, with um, Indiana Jones, for instance, the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you could put that in a time warp and, and put it in somebody's face in 1968 and they would be like, oh, that was a great movie. You know, yeah, they wouldn't course. be like, they wouldn't be shocked with, oh my gosh, what is all that? Because there's no nothing modern in the movie. Right, and they, they'd be like, who are all these actors? But other than that... The, the techniques know. would be, but that's about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it would still look, even though we think of it as an older movie, if you watch that next to, I don't know, um, one of the movies out of the time in the late 60s, we'll say, you can tell. You can tell the, the film technology, even, even though we look at it now, we think, oh gosh, that's old. Mm-hmm. but compared to 20 years before it or 10 years before it it's a lot better you know it's just how technology kind of always evolves and now and, and also anything made on physical film um has a look to it that to me is a little bit more pure i agree than a, than a digital production sure um color saturation is better on film um and uh it evokes more emotion because of the alpha waves of the flutter of the film actually evokes and proven to evoke emotion. So you're more invested in a movie that's on film uh, emotionally, which is crazy, um, but it's true. <laughs> it's like it's happened. Mm. Um, but we've become, we're so far removed from the film movies that we don't even realize that when we're watching a digital, what do you want to call it, remaster of one that they had to master it each frame by frame into a digital rendering. So, you're still going to see the little, little wear spots and stuff. It'll pop up if you're watching an old movie every now and then. You're like, oh, this is on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever or streaming, but I'm still seeing the little spots from the because they found the absolute best print they could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the deal with you know cellulose originally and then you know what later on, it's going to deteriorate just like any like your videotapes or your cassette tapes. They deteriorate over time, so you know they capture it. They get to the best they can, but they can only do so much with the original stock film that it was. You know, they can only do so much with the original shot. You can't go back in there and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, take this effect out. Now they can put effects in, but it's obvious, i.e. re-releases of the original trilogy of Star Wars, right? that they've done something different. That looks different. I mean, they did it the best they could. That To me, that was the best remastering of anything and adding effects in that you can have but you're going to tell the difference between something that's digitally added into a analog film world you know right. sure absolutely so, so you can tell the differences in those things so i think yes it it's encapsulated in the time but it's i mean it's just it's fun it's adventurous i think we've lost a lot of our adventure here in this country and we need that back our sense of adventure and movies like that inspire that um and and they really do. And I just, you know, I mean, it's the whole idea that kids aren't getting on their bikes and going out in the woods and building forts and getting dirty anymore, you mm-hmm. know, like we used to, um, where you're out all day and you came home, you better be home when the streetlights are on, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but that's kind of the same premise. Like we would play these things and we would make up treasure hunts and we would, you know, do, because of these movies and because of what we influenced by and i think that's that's part of the greatness of this art form of cinema you know Mm -hmm. well you know you never know what the next trend is going to be i'm uh it's true i'm hoping that um personally i'm hoping that they're somebody that's getting into animation i'm hoping that a 2d animation um comeback is coming 
something um, he can sell. <laughs> yeah. The the talking heads are saying that um that it is going it is possible it's quite possible it's going to come back soon. So I'm hoping yeah. so. Because computer but, computer animation, I mean it's I get it, but after a while you're like, uh, you know. Well, yeah. Well, it's with 2D animation because of computers now, you can do it so much faster and so much cheaper than you could in the, you know, the Disney yeah, World days. Because they're not, I mean, they're not going to go back to the old cellular, you know. Uh, I know, but there was such a that was that's just that was too an, That was crazy art for me. You look at how much work that was. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, taking two years of drawing, two to three, whatever, four years of just drawing, you know. Sheet by sheet by sheet by sheet by sheet by sheet. You know, I saw something that was um, Snow White was over like two million um, cells drawings or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, all right, Jason. Well, uh, anything else you want to uh, leave behind for uh, Indiana Jones? Anything else you want to say about Indy? You know, before we say goodbye, I think. You know, everybody remembers Harrison Ford for Han Solo, right? Originally, or you know, um, Falfa in American Graffiti, um, or Jack Ryan for a few movies. You know, but he'll always be Indiana Jones to me. To me, I think the Indiana Jones character eclipses his Han Solo character. And I know there are some people listening that would, you know, tell me to. Um, but I, to me, that character fit him the best. Oh, the Indiana Jones character. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, I think that that is his, his career role. You slightly um, cut out. You said that you like that character over the solo character. Yep. I got you. Yep. I do. All right. I, for I don't know. For him, yeah. for, for, for Harrison Ford. Yeah. I now, mean, he was now, very, yeah. He was at one point the you know, highest paid actor in Hollywood. Um, he was doing, you know, a movie every, you know, it was every time you turn around, but he'll always be Indiana Jones to me. Um, and I, you know, I, there's, you know, we, we know we're getting older and, and people are, <laughs> he's not regarding older. Henry to you. Yeah, no. And he's not witness either. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed that movie. Oh yeah. I just great films. He's made great films, but just his, his personality came out, I think more in Indiana Jones than any other movie because he was reserved. He's reserved as a person. Norm. I mean, if you ever hear him in an interview, it's like oh, his interviews are epic. I'm like, dude, <laughs> did, are you on something? You know? Um, and he's not, that's just him. So Han Solo was completely out of character for him, which was a great acting job. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like it, to me, that, that made sense, you know? And, and, my sister met him one day at the flower shop she worked at in mm. uh, Brent, Brentwood, California, the Brentwood Country Mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said he was just the nicest person. He was just as nice as you'd expect him to be, getting, yeah. uh, getting flowers for Callista Flockhart. And, you know, he would just sat there and talked to my sister for a minute. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, there's that, that, that little boy in me. He's like, oh, no way. You talked to Indiana Jones. Yeah. Be a little um, starstruck if you saw him. Or you want to ask him, did you shoot first? You know, and <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, he, he, but she said, so when I think about that, I think about Indiana Jones. I think about characters like that that are first gotcha. off the, the the male characters that you know we're seeing a lot of not to get political, but uh <laughs> is shunned these days. Um, but the strong male protagonists you know the ones that are the ones that are the heroes that are going to get it done um and aren't going to be perfect but they're not bumbling idiots either they're the ones getting it done and 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 going after that treasure you know seeking that thing so Mm -hmm. i think there's there's a lot to be said um about that and when we get all you know we're getting older and let's just say it people are dying every year um you know and when when it's when it's all said and done i think he'll be remembered for a lot of things, obviously Han Solo and Indiana Jones, those two period. Um, you know, it, it's not something, and it took him a long time to, to come around to being Han Solo and that being his start of his fame and for thinking George Lucas and not hating him for it, which is a weird thing. Um, and he showed up for the, 
40th anniversary celebration in Florida as a surprise guest. They brought him out and the place went nuts because he'd never been to one of the Star Wars conventions. And, you know, so I think, I don't know, because we lost Sir Sean Connery this past year. You know, it makes you sit there and go, okay, some of our, our cinematic heroes aren't going to be around as long. Um, and I'm not predicting anybody's death by any ways, but I'm just saying, what are you going to remember them by? You know, yes, he had some Academy Award winning roles, but not six days, seven nights. I'll just say that. Um, but Indiana Jones, I'm like, the man should be buried with the Han Solo blaster and that hat and that whip. You know, I mean, okay, it's yeah, just yeah. iconic. Iconic is the word. Iconic. All right. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's a good summation. Um, yeah. Well, all right. I guess um, we'll end it on that. And with that note, uh, I guess we'll try to be back next week. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time, Jason. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>